You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today, we're talking foreclosures, deal of a lifetime or complete waste of time. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right. There is, I feel like it's the new S Guys show today. Oh, don't say that. That's the first thing sorry. you said. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of obvious. Jeff's not here, man. No. And this is episode, what are we at? Episode 40. 44. 44. And I don't know if there's any significance to that being a galaxy. If, uh, no, if, if for the sports fans, we can go to my world now. Okay. Canucks' Eric Branson number 44, was traded two days ago. Oh, that's sad. Should pour one out for him. Yeah, if we want to go through Canucks' 44s, but let's not do that. But he's the 44 in the Vancouver uh, recent history. Cool. Um, so today, obviously, people can tell it's there's no third person and yeah. i got to record the little intro part which is something i've wanted to do for a long time <laughs> um but jeff would never let me do it uh where's jeff do we know yeah jeff is at the remax international convention fun every year in las vegas very fun and learn a little bit have a little fun yeah and he's a contributor as well yeah which is actually pretty cool yeah so jeff makes a lot of videos in his marketing and it was noticed by remax international and they invited him to come and share some of his uh his best tips and tricks and while he's away we decided we should make a video <laughs> <laughs> so we are working on getting the uh, the podcast on the youtubes um this yeah, will, hopefully, hopefully you're seeing this, this one if you're watching this um on the youtubes then it worked <laughs> if it didn't we'll keep trying um, but yeah, that's kind of the big thing that's new with us, uh, right now. Should we skip right to the news? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, what's been on everybody's mind, you know, at least in the real estate world is this is making headlines. So let's talk about it. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. I got a news flash for you, Walter Cronkite. I am enlightened. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, well, I think we know what's been making headlines. Uh, we do. Well, okay, if, if you watch the news, if you listen to the news, the headlines is that the NDP is rolling out another one of their points. <gasps> one of the points. What are we at? <laughs> at 20, point 27, if you're counting. If you're counting from 30 down to 1. <laughs> Oh, I guess so. Yeah, de- <laughs> depends. So either or. So we're either on number three or four. Who knows? I don't know. But they're trying to check off some points. So what they've done is they're trying to attack the the pre-sales world, mm-hmm. where justifiably uh, people were making money. They were making money flipping Flip. a pre-sale purchase hmm. before the project completed. Mm-hmm. But what they were selling wasn't a condo. They were selling a promise. They're selling a contract. They were already they already bought a promise. They brought yeah. some air, um, and then they're yeah. So they're trying to sell that. Yeah. So they're selling that contract, and uh, the way that it's been uh, outlined is it's a loophole because when you sell a contract, there's no actual tangible item uh, changing hands, right? And it's impossible to track. There was no mechanism to monitor that, so people weren't reporting uh, the profit that was being made. Yeah. And the big problem with that is the government's like, you're not paying us yeah. for that transaction. Yeah. 
Yeah. So they're not getting their capital gains tax or it goes on income tax or there could be property transfer tax triggered in there as well. Mm -hmm. So every time it changes hands, they want to be able to track that and people report that as part of their income. So that's why they brought it in. And then uh, they wanted to charge about $195 for a filing fee every time that happens. Mm. The nuance that's getting some attention from people, they're saying this isn't really making sense, is a lot of what happens with the assignment when a pre-sales contract changes names. One person signed up and bought it and they said, oh, well, I'm actually going to put it under my corporation. So that contract technically gets assigned. Mm -hmm. That triggers a $200 fee in a filing with... right. The government, although the price is no different. Or uh, the husband only put his name on it. He was there when they signed up for the pre-sale, but then later on it's, well, we're going to put husband and wife on, right? right? Or we're going to change it from husband to wife or, you know, dad to daughter or Which whatever. Which is just an honest uh, circumstantial change. Yeah. Maybe the kid wasn't there. Maybe that was the plan all along. And there's no change in value. No. Or, or, or price, I should say. There's no say. lift, as we would call yeah, it. Yeah, the, the lift uh, is the biz. The, yeah, that. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's one part of it. Okay. And then the other part is, okay, so there are the people who can turn around and sell this for a $25,000 profit or a $50,000 profit, and all they're selling is a contract. They managed to get in early. Mm-hmm. Does, does that help with housing affordability? I don't think so. I don't think it helps at all. No. Because of all of the profits that were made, let's say behind closed doors, mm-hmm. it was never public record. So how was that affecting overall real estate prices? Yeah. If it sold in a pre-sale as 500 and by the time it makes it to completion two years later, the real estate market has appreciated. Mm-hmm. That 500 is now worth 620. Sure. And that's what somebody is reselling it for. They're assigning it for 620 because that's what fair market value is. Yeah. That's not changing affordability at all. Exactly. And so for the con- consumer, the buyer, does this make housing more affordable for them? Not at all. No. Does it create more housing? Not at all. Will we see any effects from this? Well, it could... Um, the it, government will get some more money. The government will get some more money, and it could slow down pre-sales. Okay. Potentially. So if you're in the pre-sale game, you want it, you, ha- you have to buy something brand new. Maybe there'll be fewer people bidding on that same unit. Some people, be. I guess, would buy pre-sales under the the premise from the very start that they want to assign it before it completes. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to pay GST. They don't have to pay property transfer tax. And they can just make some profit and walk away with very little work, very little capital outlay. Right? So some that may slow down some pre-sale purchases. But, I mean, as long as the value is there, I mean, what we know is the pre-sale comes out of, it goes into the inventory mix once the product is finished, mm-hmm. and um, all of those investors uh, put renters in them. Yeah. Right? So that's kind of how that goes. So it's been making news headlines. It's just another piece. We talk about this every time a government announcement makes the news. It's got unintended consequences. Yeah. It, it doesn't have all of the details figured out. It really, it's a lot of lip service. Yeah. And uh, I, I use the term unintended consequences because I was I was curious to hear what some other people had to say about this. And the Vancouver Sun now has their own real estate podcast. Yeah. It's called Housing Matters. And they had a guest on and he kept using that term over and over and over again, unintended consequences. Yeah. Everything from the government seems to have this where they don't think it all the way through or they just don't care. Yeah. Just they, a half-baked idea that... Um, that sort of, yeah, lends itself to making it look like they're, something is happening. They want the optics to keep checking off one of their 30 points. Makes sense. Yeah.
So uh, that's the news. If you have any thoughts on that, if you want to contribute any other news stories, uh, please send your feedback to feedback at morealestateshow.com. I'm speaking to you, the listeners and the viewers. And if you've been enjoying our show, please consider leaving a review. Reviews are very helpful on iTunes, five-star reviews there. And uh, subscribe. And we are putting this on YouTube as well. So if you're liking that and you like the video format, let us know by commenting and subscribing in that venue as well. So we know that we can we can put more effort. And if you want to see any improvement on this, we'll definitely uh, give that some attention if you're liking it on YouTube. And now it's time to move along to foreclosures. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocate. Wrong. With that money, you lost wrong. 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 Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. So we're we're talking foreclosures today. Um, the reason being is is you know we still get people asking us you know are they is it still a thing are they still are they cheap am I going to get this this crazy deal on this property? Um, so we kind of wanted to just sort of address that and and sort of maybe dispel some of these myths that are out there, um, some misconceptions about foreclosures um, in general. So I, I mean I think you know Matt I think this is kind of coming from. You know, a lot of people are watching HGTV. You see people flipping in the in America, buying these pre buying these on the cheap. Yeah, and and sometimes you see like they're they're getting these for you know maybe thirty percent off market value. Um, well, that's probably the story they're spinning on the TV show. Well, Makes least, it entertaining television. At least that's what they're 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 showing us on that. Um, and you know, and even like locally, you can do a quick Google search and you'd hit about a dozen. Um, different realtor websites that are advertising foreclosures. So they're, they're also kind of contributing to that sort of narrative. Um, but, you know, the, some things have changed. So we can't actually, we used to be able to kind of um, have these predefined searches on our website. So you could potentially have um, a sort of a system in place that people could go up and actually see these and look for them for themselves. Um, but those rules have changed in the past few years. I'm not sure exactly when that changed, um, where the only way in Canada, or at least in, in BC, in our market here, if a, if a consumer wants to look up foreclosures and wants to find these, um, you're, you're going to have to fill out a form on a realtor's website, and then they'll just manually send you send you those. Right. You need an agent to do it for you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, kind of in, in, you know, in Canada here, like in, in BC, um, let's kind of go, maybe we can go through some of the steps on, on what this looks like uh, if you're a buyer. Yeah, so let's let's just check off the search part because it is it's enticing. People mm-hmm. think they're going to get a deal, so they find a whole bunch of different venues where agents and other marketing sort of organizations are are feeding that that desire. Mm-hmm. Right, the clickbait is out there to make you think you're going to find foreclosures. Yeah. So let's just move on from that and say, I thought we'd start with. I was curious to say, why does a home go into foreclosure? That's a good point. Okay. Right. How did it get to that point? that now it is under that status. And in a foreclosure status, there actually isn't a a specific checkbox on an MLS listing that says foreclosure or bank foreclosure. Or uh, this really needs to sell and they'll take any offer. It it says court-ordered sale. Mm -hmm. And a court-ordered sale doesn't necessarily mean foreclosure. No. 
right? What could it mean? <laughs> well, I don't think we need to go through every bit of it, but like some examples are somebody who uh, is uh, has become a problem in their strata for all, a variety sure. of reasons gets a court order that allows them to remove yeah. that person or jointly owned property yeah. um, where they need to kind of expedite things that know it's time, yeah. um, and that's just a way of of having the court order. Yeah, could, could be a messy happening. divorce where right. one person didn't want to sell the house. Right. And then it was, so a court order was the only way to liquidate the asset. So, um, so not clear on the MLS. Yeah, just because you check a box that says court order sale doesn't mean foreclosure. Right. Um, but when we talk a bank foreclosure, the bank has, t- or the lender has taken over the house. It's because the mortgage hasn't been paid. Right. Now, the mortgage doesn't get paid for a few reasons. Uh, usually it's because, well, obviously because you don't have the money to pay the mortgage. Mm-hmm. Some people make strategic decisions to stop paying their mortgage, but it's usually because you don't have funds. Um, but the reason why you might not have funds could be because you've lost your job mm-hmm. and you just haven't been able to keep up with your payments. Uh, and the other that we see very commonly in the strata world is a large special levy. And we kind of talked about the big example of that is the leaky condo, like episode 41, right? Right. It could be 50 or $60,000 and somebody doesn't have that money. Mm-hmm. So Strata needs to collect $60,000 from them. They can't collect. That would be a court order to go and get that funds recovered from the homeowner. Right. So they're still actually making their bank payments, but the Strata now is able to have a court order to go against that. Right. And the debts have to be paid off. So if we're talking, uh, you know, like a, a detached house and, and again, like we don't, we don't see too many of these. Like most people, I, I looked up, a, you know, the number, um, this is from a few years back now. Um, but for Canadian mortgages, it was somewhere around half a percent were in arrears. Yeah. It, it, banks don't really want to put you under a foreclosure proceeding. Right. And because we have a lot of regulations now for, for our banking system and, you know, even more so today um, than in, in years past that kind of prevented us from getting into this where situation where people didn't have enough equity in their home. They were, you know, I'm behind, I lost my job, whatever. I don't, I have barely anything in this home. I, I don't mind walking away or living here rent, rent free. Yeah. When you talked about equity, I mean, the market has gone up so much at this point that people if, will find a way to, yeah, to if, make if those you've payments. Lost your, but if you've lost your job and you, you can't get, let's say, a line of credit or some sort of loan to help keep up with your mortgage payments, uh, and you really can't pay anymore, you're not going to allow yourself to go into foreclosure proceedings. You're just going to sell. Right. Because there, there's there's profit there. The, the market is appreciated enough that you bought your home for 400000 and now it's worth six hundred. So you owe 360 on it or 370 but you can go and sell it for 600 Right. So you can get out of it. There's always going to, yeah, there's always going to be, that's always going to be the best the best option for people. So we're talking like last resort. So if we're talking about like a detached house, we saw a lot where like ex grow up. So somebody owned a house, maybe put a renter in, they've destroyed the value of the home down to, down to land value. Um, so in, in those kind of cases, it's just extremely bad luck. Um, or just somebody who can't, hasn't been able to keep up with, with looking after this house. So you're stuck with, so for detached, um, and it's not always true with, with, with apartments and, you know, condos and townhouses, but a lot of times the ones that we did see that came on the market were a, just a mess, a wreck. Yeah. They were really neglected uh, to the, the nth degree. Right. So those ended up in foreclosure. The bank had to really go through that. Uh, the, the foreclosure proceeding isn't fun for the, the lender. No, they don't really want to engage in that. Right. Mm-hmm. But they need to, uh, you know, they have to go to their lawyer and the lawyer has to go to the courts and go through all of that. And then they have to go to their process of determining value and then recovering, you know, their costs and all the rest of it. It's not something they really want to jump into. Yeah. But if you're a buyer and you're listening to this and you're like, okay, there is a foreclosure out there. If it got to that point, there definitely was some financial distress. It happened. So right. that's how it got there. Right. So now it's been put up for sale and it's the lawyer for the the lender who's really in charge. 
Mm-hmm. The lender doesn't really have any involvement at that point. The lawyer is taking care of it, just getting as much money back as they can. Right. And they're going to hire a realtor to go and market the home. But once any interest comes in, offers all the rest of it, contracts, everything's handled by the lawyer. Mm-hmm. It's not really the, the agent. The right. agent's just opening the door and, and uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I'm, the agent is working to market the home, but they're not the negotiator. But there's a bit of a different set of rules. And one thing I want to mention too, and this is one of the big differences between um, between the American side of doing things and, and the way it's done here is the bank has its, their fiduciary duty um, to actually get market value or, or top dollar, that you know the highest possible dollar for that property. Whereas a lot of times with the American system is they're just trying to reclaim what's the debt on the property. So how can we get those those funds back? Yeah, that's an important differentiation. Um, huge differenti- differentiation because they're now all of a sudden, yeah, you're, they're actually trying to sell this house, not just let's get out of it. Yeah, uh, sell it for just, just, just recover my losses just and c- cut ties. Yeah. So in terms of the process, the property uh, gets listed on the MLS Yeah, typically. Um, so we as agents, we're, we're touring buyers out there. We see a property. So do you want to kind of go through those steps of how... What's it look like if you want to go through these proceedings? Yeah. Okay. So let's say you're a buyer and you have four properties that you're interested in. Three of them are a standard owner selling their home mm-hmm. and one of them is the foreclosure. So we talked about how to do a showing at last episode, 43. Yeah. So yeah. that's sort of the typical process <laughs> for the other three. And then for the fourth, the foreclosure, uh, we would tell them a lot of what we're going to talk about in this episode before even engaging and proceeding with the showing mm-hmm. to give them some of the warnings. Right. And we will go through those warnings with you here through the show. So we would give them those warnings and say, do you still want to proceed? And then you have to actually get in the door for the showing. Okay. <laughs> so scenario one, um, the it's an owner that, let, let's say, it's let's talk about condo. So we'll say it's uh, owners living there. Um, maybe there's an assessment that came up. It's that owner all of a sudden has a special assessment uh, for around a hundred grand and they just don't have that money. And maybe they only have 50 K in the property in terms of equity. Um, so they just said, I can't get these funds. I can't sell the property because now it's just this distressed sale showing that there's major work coming to the building. Right. Yeah. You, another buyer has a tough time buying it actually. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so you've got this person that's they're still living in the house. They have a right to to be there, um, and it's an ugly situation. They don't want to go it through go through this, so they could be pushing back even to get into the door. Um, so depending on how that relationship is, so you do you get in the door, you do you get to go see the property. Um, usually, they're not in good shape either. Just similarly to the houses. It's often the case. I mean, the scenario you're talking about where they can't afford a levy, sometimes those people, they've just, it's just a tough situation, but you know, they are the, they are the person who doesn't have a lot of extra funds or opportunity to lend money. So, so they're probably living paycheck to paycheck, which it's a horrible situation is is a a large proportion of the population. So that's not to vilify anybody, but it's just that they're having a tough time keeping things up. So, and they're going to be really down. They're going to be depressed. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're going to be really embarrassed. You don't want to be in this position. Yeah. yeah. So going to their home is not going to be a very warm and inviting environment. Mm-hmm. So you go through, you find the property, you go, Hey, Matt and Jer, I actually kind of like the one, <laughs> the one that's the foreclosure. I like the layout. Um, I don't mind that there's some work coming up because it's going to be fixed and it'll be a good building. So what do I do? What do I do now? Yeah. So the offer process is the same offer paperwork we use for all other listings, but then there's an, a whole separate attachment called the Schedule A. And I don't want to dissect that. That's no. a very complicated legal document. Right. But it is an extra part of the contract. And you have to sign all of those things and you send it to the agent who then essentially just 
sends it to the lawyer for the lender. Right. Um, so you still get to go through all your, your due diligence. So you'll make sure that you can get financing on the property. Um, you'll do a home inspection. Yeah, you have the option to put all of those things in your offer to yep. say, I would, I have, I'd like this to be a subject to yep. financing approval, reviewing strata documents, doing an inspection, checking everything out. Yep. Um, so I guess just to rewind a little bit, you get you write an offer on the property. Um, so you potentially have those conditions. You're negotiating technically with the bank, would you say? With the lawyer. With the lawyer? The, the bank really is but, unaware. Okay. Um, so the, the lawyer has some information on what the property's worth. So they have that knowledge. Um so they'll kind of negotiate a little bit, see what happens. Um, so say you get the offer accepted. You go through typical offer process of going through your satisfying your conditions. So everything, say everything's checked out and you go, okay, yeah, that looks good. I'm ready to... So buyer is removing their conditions. I'm removing my condition. But wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's the seller condition. That's right. So the bank's condition, the lawyer's condition, and it's referencing the Schedule A, saying that you know the court has to approve this. Yeah, so, so all all foreclosure proceedings are subject to court approval. Right. There's there's no way around that. Right. So now that you have that, you've got your offer in place. Now you now you're playing a waiting game. Yeah, so you're waiting for a court date. And the so, most but typical, that will establish, that will actually sort of initiate that, right? Yeah, you have to have the buyer has to remove all of their subjects to trigger uh, the request for a court date. Mm-hmm. And a court date usually you will get in uh, 3 to 4 weeks. 5 weeks would be long. Okay. And so now you're in it. So once once you've removed your buyer conditions, you are in it for the long haul. Um, so for that five-week period, potentially, until that court date um, is set. So you're not looking at other properties. You, you can't. You no, might, you're, yeah, you're tied. Well, you you're can not, look at them. You can look at them, <laughs> um, but there's not much you're going to be able to do. Yeah, you are tied and bound to that condo until the court date comes. So you're not giving note. If you're renting, you're not giving notice. Nope. Uh, you're potentially missing out on other properties. Yep. And the other fun part about it is a lot of times your actual price, accepted offer price, becomes public knowledge. Yes. So let's talk about why that matters because okay. we arrive at the court date. Okay, so its court date is here. Mm-hmm. It's Let's say it's best case scenario. It's three weeks later. Yeah. You get your court date. It's recommended at the very minimum your agent attends the court date but it's best if you the buyer and your agent are there in court mm-hmm. it's almost always for metro vancouver properties at the uh, provincial court in downtown vancouver robson yeah sometimes they end up in new west oh or surrey i've only i've only ever gone to the one uh, downtown yeah the reason why is is it's actually the lawyer who chooses which courthouse okay so and, if they're local and the here. big banks use Big time lawyers, and they're all downtown. Ah, so they get. That's why they get. That's the choice. why it all went. Yeah, the so even, even I'm learning something. <laughs> yeah, so I actually did one in New West once, but it was a smaller firm. Nice. Yeah, rec- representing a private lender. Right. So it was really nice, yeah. just down the street from us. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you, your agent, should at least be there. Best if the buyer and the agent are there, and the reason why is because, like you said, Jeremy, the the price is then public record. Mm-hmm. And the, the court, uh, what was the, you had the, the, what's the language for the list for the day? The uh, Like the registry. The registry, um, yeah, that's registrar, it. Registrar, registry. Yeah. have got a list for so what's happening for that day. These the are the proceedings today, and it tells you precisely the price that is on the accepted offer that's mm-hmm. being presented to the judge. Right. Now, because that's going to become public, any time after subjects are removed on this offer, if you call the listing agent and say, hey, what's your court date? They'll say, oh, we're working on it, but we have uh, an offer that's been accepted and we have one we're waiting for a court date. They'll tell you the the price right there. Yeah. 
so here's a, another fun fact. If you've negotiated that crazy deal of a lifetime on he was that asking property, six hundred thousand, you got an acceptable offer for four ninety. Wow. Amazing. Um, you've just fished any of the actual deal hunters, the contractors out there that are like, "Hey, I crunch the numbers, and at this price, I can make a buck." They see that. They're like, it's worth my time to show up. Yeah, and everybody who's shown interest, some moderate to high interest in that property, once there's an offer in place with a court date, the listing agent is going to call all of them and say, we have a court date at this price, so you might want to come and show up. Why is it good for them to show up? Because at the court proceeding, when it's presented to the judge, anyone else, anyone can walk in and present an unconditional offer. Mm -hmm. So it just has to be better than the price that was there. Yep. That's why it's public record. Yep. Because the 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 court and the lawyer have, have a, a responsibility to get the duty. highest price possible. Yeah. So anybody can present an offer. And then so it's happened where you go and that's why you're there as the buyer and you're with your agent and then you go see the agent for the lender and you say, any gut feeling that anybody's going to arrive today? And they say, well, I don't really know for sure, maybe. Or sometimes they say, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I so, see the usual suspects in yeah. the lobby hanging out. Yeah, and you know, people have asked me for the paperwork and all the rest of it. So I know that it's very likely someone's coming because six different people have asked me for all the documentation. So then you wait for that sort of that final moment and they say, okay, yes, you will be put into competition, buyer one. Mm -hmm. Buyer one being the person who made the first offer and negotiated. So you are going to be put in competition. So the only way you're going to get this home is if you improve your price because somebody else is coming in higher than your number. Another reason to be there. That's why you need to be there. Yeah. So this is this is the whole reason why you need to be there. Yeah. And uh, so now you have an option and they say, okay, well, there's one other offer. There's two other offers. There's five. And it's a sealed bid auction. Everyone goes in an envelope yeah. up to the judge. <laughs> he opens each one individually. And we know what happens in competition, especially when you're invested. If you're not one of these contractors and you're like, I'm just looking for a, a place for myself, me and my partner, uh, maybe you got a kid, you've already gone through and you've waited this t- and now you're... I might lose it to one of these builders or to, to, to some of these other guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, um, the owner has a chance to come up with the funds. Yeah. The owner can show up on court can date. still say, Oh, actually I've just been able to secure uh, financing. Yes. Yeah, here I am. The whole thing just, just cut ties is an, done. Another thing that could add to your, to your bad yeah. day. And then it's all gone. It's just, it's all been ripped out of your hands, right. As, as buyer one. Yeah. So all sealed envelopes. Yep. You're all sitting in, you're sitting in the courtroom. Judge has them in front when they pull up the file. Yep. It goes through and it's basically letter opening time. Yep. And they're, they're unconditional offers. Yep. So With deposit checks. They have to have deposits yep. because the deposit is due right there upon court approval. Yep. It has to stay with the lawyer. There can be one slight modification and that could be possession date. So okay. the, the, con, the, con, the offers that are presented don't have to be identical, but it's often recommended that you fit the possession timeline that's similar to the what they're looking offer for. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it can be different. So I've seen it happen where we were at court once mm-hmm. and we're waiting. Is anybody else coming? And we don't know. We don't know. He says, okay, yeah, it looks like there's going to be another offer. Okay, yeah, there's definitely going to be another offer. So you're going to need to change and improve your offer. And this is a really strange situation. Then the lawyer said, the owner just showed up. Mm. The owner's here. And everybody starts like their <gasps> eyes are looking like here. left and right. <laughs> the owner's here. The owner's here. They're going to try to get their house back to get their house back yeah and it said okay but and then we talked to them and they said do you have the funds they said well we can come up with the funds yeah we can do this and they're like we don't really trust them we don't trust the paper we don't know really don't know what's going on but what they what we know for certainty is they didn't come with a deposit check hmm. they don't have a deposit check the lender the lawyer no one is interested in this person buying this house back right so the judge agreed 
there was a whole docket of foreclosures to look at that day. Yeah. They looked at this one first. Okay. They expedited it, put it right to the top of the right, pile, right. said, do it right now. Yeah. And put that through. So our, our clients were offer one. Yeah. And they had to improve their offer. So they increased their price and they still were the highest price turned out. So they got it. Nice. But it was amazing to see that. Like the homeowner showed up and then the lawyer said, we, oh my gosh, like we don't want this guy. Like he's mm-hmm. been so much trouble. We don't want him getting this house back because we'll just end up here again mm-hmm. a year from now. Right. So everybody was in agreement, the judge and everybody like, let's expedite this. Let's do this. It, it was it was amazing to kind of see all of this happening. It was really unexpected. And we're sitting there, myself and the buyers, and you're just sitting there in a courtroom just waiting. Yeah. And, and, and you don't even understand half of what's happening because they're speaking kind of quietly mm-hmm. up at the judge's uh, desk there. Mm-hmm. And then the lawyer is speaking to him. And you can't hear a lot of the dialogue. And then the words you do pick up are like legalese process words. Okay. So you don't really know what's happening. And the judge just sort of opens them up and goes like a k-dunk, like the gavel, like this one's closed, whatever. And we sort of looked all to each other and like, so. The lawyers know. Was, was that us? Like, did we get it? And then you kind of look at the lawyer and you kind of look at you. He like, might give you a nod. Hey, was, 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 was that us? And he's like, yeah. And we're like, oh my God, that's it. Yeah. And then you get to, you have to get up quietly and leave. And then you go out into the hallway and all right, all right. High fives, high fives for everyone. <laughs> so that's, okay, so you get it. We'll go down that, we'll go down that rabbit hole. If you, you know, you win the, you win the uh, the multiple offer. You win the the sealed envelope um, with the judge, um, but just quickly, you you don't win, which is very high probability. Well, yeah, like you said, After the, be- all those the better accepted offer you get, the more you entice people to come and compete with mm-hmm. you. So there's eight other offers, and now you have no idea what it's going to sell for. Yeah. Um, so now you're just back with your agent, back to square one, looking for properties. Yeah, so you have made an offer, gone through the whole process, uh, emotionally invested in this at with- least a month. Yeah. Not including your prior searching time. Yeah. Yeah. You've given up a month and it's just taken away from you. And it's just, sorry, not yours. Yeah. Okay. So that's outcome one. Yep. Too bad. So sad. Moving on. Um, Outcome two. We got to talk about as is, where is. Yeah. Let's, let's for a second. Yeah. um, Just go back to the court and then we'll not go back to being in court. Okay. (laughs) So no, none of us want to be there. Uh. I've also, through giving this advice to people, said, to your point, you don't want to give away a month of your searching, but they saw a place they liked, and they said, well, let's just keep an eye out. Okay. And when it goes to court, well, if there's a good price, like, maybe we'll go. Okay. Right? And these weren't contractors or anything like potential you. Potential strategy, It was yeah. just, just, just a young couple, and they yeah. said, well, I mean, we do like that property, but let's not tie ourselves to it. Right. So it had an accepted offer price. Let's say, for argument's sake, it was $490,000. dollars mm-hmm. That's what we knew. So we said, yeah, we're going to go to court. Like, we're willing to pay a little more than that. Mm-hmm. So we went to the court date. And so we were kind of quiet about it. We didn't want to sort of make too much fuss to get people sort of prepared to compete with us. Uh, and we got there, and it was just us and buyer one. Okay. No other competition. So we said, yep, we're here. We're here to compete. Uh, I was there with the buyers. And here's our offer. And I think, let's say, if it was 490 I think we went 12000 over. But it was probably 390 because 12000 seemed somewhat significant at the time. Okay. So it was 402 that we offered. And uh, so we just put it in the sealed envelope and we wait for our turn. Mm-hmm. And uh, the buyer one was there. Okay. And they improved their offer as well. Right. Because they knew we were there. And anyway, it goes to the judge, comes back. And it was determined uh, to sort of summarize quickly. We wrote 402. They offered 400. Yeah. And the judge awarded it to buyer one. No way. He said, it's only a few thousand dollars. Yep. I do, we do give precedence, preferential treatment to buyer one. Hmm. 
they triggered this whole proceeding. They've done the legwork. They're here. It's only $2,000. It's not a significant negative impact to the lender or the homeowner. Everybody is still getting a fair shake in this. They did them a solid. Yeah, and the fair shake also goes to buyer one. Yeah. So although we were the higher offer... But not by enough. Not by you enough. You wonder if, if 05 would have made it. F- 5,000 might have been enough. Might, might have been enough. Right? I mean, it, and it probably depends on the judge, and it depends yeah. on the situation, depends on how much was owing and all the rest of it, but that was the language that came out of it was, no, like, preference is given to buyer one. Over a few thousand. Yeah. So yeah. so we we went that, that avenue of not tying ourselves up for a month. Yeah. And then... But those, so those other people were rewarded for tying yeah. themselves up for a month. And we don't want to give people this <laughs> a false sense of hope that being one might give them that treatment because we're just we're just we're only talking a few thousand dollars. Um, but the reality is that uh, they are looking for the, the top. Yeah, but these are the but, little but nuances that before. we know, and that's why we're we're putting them onto this recording so people can 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 learn this because yeah. otherwise we only share this with our our select few clients. Yeah. So it's it's special information that you get to know, and how you act on that is up to you, right? Because mm-hmm. it's there's no guarantees how any of this plays out, right? But if you if you really do actually love that property that's a foreclosure and you really want to make that your home, you want to be buyer one. Because okay. it does give you a leg up, as long as you're okay being tied yeah. up, right? Okay, so you've been the successful purchaser. You've got it. Uh, now you're you going, won. To, you're, yeah, and you're going to get possession in at the fastest about three weeks because the court has to do its its court order. Mm-hmm. The lawyers have to file everything, and then it has to go through. So it's usually a. It could be done in two weeks, but they like to say three. Right, that's about the fastest you can get in. But they are also the courts are respectful of the occupant. If mm-hmm. they really are living there, they've got all their possessions right. there and everything else. Yes, if they're being respectful to the property the courts will give them time to move out. Okay. Right? If they're not being respectful to the property, if they've been causing damage, harm, whatever it is, they will expedite it as fast as they can. Okay. So so problem number one, there is an occupant in the home. And a lot of times we do see that they've already gone through um, the, like, not not necessarily that they had to force somebody out of the home, um, but a lot of times they are, they are vacant. Yes. Um, so yeah, they have probably, gone through, probably more than half. I would say, yeah, I would have to agree with that. Um, so in that case, some of this as is, whereas uh, stuff might not apply as much. I mean, it's still definitely a factor uh, in terms of if we're measuring sort of the risks of, of going down this route. But the if in fact there is somebody there, you're potentially dealing with more court proceedings if uh, they need to actually get like a, a writ of possession or. or um, uh, to actually get occupancy of this because somebody's dig- dug their heels in and they don't want to leave. Well, there's two parts to it. One, there's they don't want to leave. And the other is that they can just cause damage while they're there between right. court approval or the day that you last saw it, you know, month before court approval and the day that you get possession. As is, where is. So our typical contract says you are contractually, uh, you have an agreement that you're going to get the home in reasonably the same condition on your possession right. day as when you last saw it. Right. So if somebody causes damage, if they put a big hole in the drywall moving, or there was just a bit of a scuffle or an accident, yeah. bookcase fell over and damaged something. Stuff happens. Hot water tank goes, yeah. whatever. Um, it has to be put back to the same condition. Mm. Foreclosures, not at all. And we also include items that wouldn't otherwise be a- attached or included with the purchase, like uh, appliances, yep. things like that. We have to mention those on our contracts. Um, but as is, where is... Um, you get the we shell. talked about that schedule a document. Some of these things are listed in there. Um, that owner 
uh, not necessarily the tenant, but at that point, it's just you just want them out of there. Um, there's not much recourse, even if something did happen. Um, but that owner could take, I could try and salvage. Again, this is somebody who's potentially in hardship, having a really hard time. Um, if I can get 200 bucks for that washing machine, dishwasher. Yeah. that They could sell their kitchen cabinets. We've like, seen like, toilets that yeah. have been removed. Like they can, they can start selling off stuff in the house. They can start damaging it. Like that is the risk you take buying a foreclosure. You get it in whatever condition it is handed to you. It's like another surprise on possession day. It's yeah, like you, you, you get to do the sealed envelope. Um, <laughs> but then there's if there's somebody living in that property. Yeah. Um, and and if you and if you know about repairs and, and doing renovations and things like that, uh, it doesn't take much to, to have a, a ton of damage on a property um, that could totally negate any sort of gains that you were getting because you secured it for such an yeah. amazing deal. So that's the the real risk. There is so much can be harm can be done. Clients of mine who ended up buying the one that was a court proceeding in New West bought one, yeah, and, and they got that for a really good price. Yeah. Nobody else showed up on court date. We were sitting there like just sweating. Just wondering, is anyone else going to show up? And nobody showed up. Mm -hmm. So that was shocking to us. Uh, So then they went ahead and they got it. One, it was in absolutely horrific condition from day one. So they knew that. They knew what they were getting themselves They were planning to gut it. Yeah. So it didn't really matter. You know, it's like it was a condo. So, you know, the the exterior shell will be fine. And the interior shell, they're essentially going to completely redo. Anyways, right? Yeah. So they were okay with taking the risk on that. I won't go into it in, in great detail, but the owner actually didn't vacate on possession day. Okay. They were defiant. Okay. So there's a lot of trouble there. And uh, we had to start going through the process of bailiff services and all this other stuff. And then a family member for the occupant uh, managed to to remove them. Okay. And uh, essentially just took them out of the home. like Because this person thought that if they just stayed there and squatted, they'd be okay. Yeah. They left all of their possessions behind. Wow. Like they, they honestly left with like a suitcase yeah, and that was it. But that was what they thought. They thought they were going to beat the system. Hmm. And it was the worst for us because one, we feel horrible. This person doesn't have all of their possessions. Right. Two, they're worthless to us. And three, we had to pay to dispose of them. So that wasn't a great start. So they didn't get it on the day they thought they were going to, and then you have this house full of stuff. So it could, it, yeah, it could cause problems for you for your move-in dates, for any other sort of duck you have in a row yeah. leading up to this day that you think is the day um, if there's someone living there. So the horror stories. The horror stories. I've got a full story to tell later on story time. Okay. These are just examples. Um, that that's how that part can go. Like as far as the possession, not moving your stuff, the condition, all of these things, like these are the risks that go with it. And if you thought you're getting a deal because you got it for 25,000 under market value, that savings that you have could be eroded very, very quickly. Careful what you wish. And you're, and you're unlikely to get a deal in court anyway, like we talked about, because somebody else is going to show up. There's no hiding real estate in Metro Vancouver. No. Right? Like getting a deal only happens, like we talked about in one of our very early on episodes, is if the circumstances are that people aren't noticing this home. Mm-hmm. But people tend to notice foreclosures. Most properties get noticed. So, And anyone who's like, I mean, sometimes we're, we're privy to information just because we're working in an area and we notice, hey, I thought they had an offer on that house. It collapsed, but the agent didn't call other people or didn't let people know. Um, so sometimes there's that option. Like, I'm pretty sure they had another deal on a house. Huh. Yeah. So, so you, you, when you're, when you're more plugged into your local market, you're privy to, to some of these things that are happening, um, and are able to sort of act in a quick way. Yeah. Uh, to or, get it done. or like we know ones recently where somebody knew that there was a subject to sale happening. So if they went and made an offer on that property, the seller was really motivated they to knew get that, a deal done. Yeah. So that was a little 
you know, extra info it's that they had. Like the Do Deals Exist in Real Estate yeah. uh, podcast We episode. really need to re-record that episode. Was that with the, the old, old That's the old hardware. Yeah. 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 We could we could redo that one in a, a strong way. But anyway, it goes back to that. There's no hiding this stuff. So you thought you were getting a deal. There's all the risks that go with it, right? So quickly, do you want to move on to... I think we beat that dead horse. Um <laughs> Just want to quickly move on to so after all these caveats that we've told you about uh, foreclosures, um, the deals of a lifetime or a waste of times, um, you still want to go through with it. <laughs> yeah, we've given you all of these warnings. <laughs> told you all the ways it can go wrong. The few percent, few times out of ten that it actually works out um, well for people. Um, but if you want to, uh, we mentioned before, there's. Um, there's real estate agents. You can get in touch with your realtor. They can help you out by trying to go through the court-ordered sales through our MLS system and give you some of the options that are out there. Um, the court registry you can look at um, for what's happening in the day, but you're probably too late at that point. Yeah, no, if you, if yeah, you really just want to choose it based on the property. If you're trying to chase foreclosures, like that's something you can do, but that's really not something we can give it a lot of advice on mm-hmm. because we don't do that. We don't hang out at court looking for deals or... There are a handful of agents who tend to do most of the foreclosures from the big banks. Okay. Uh, so you could create relationships with them. So they just keep contacting you when one comes up. Uh, but we tend to work with people who find homes they just want because it's the right home for them. Right. Right. So it, it's all just about timing. It's you find something on the, on the MLS that you like and you think it's a good deal because it needs to be renovated because you're looking to flip or something like that. It doesn't need to be a foreclosure. Right. You just have to find somebody motivated to give it to you at the right price so you can move along and get to work, right? right? It's not something that I see worth chasing if I'm putting my own real personal opinion on this, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I've, as you can tell from the stories I have, I've done a number of foreclosures, mm-hmm. but they all come with an interesting story. Right. <laughs> like, every one of them. It got to foreclosure because there was something pretty interesting going on right. to begin with. So they typically, it's not just super smooth, Um and it's funny, the people who had the one where the people, the guy didn't move out and all the rest yeah, of it, yeah. they still talk to me. They're like, hey, see if you can find me another foreclosure. And I'm like, oh, oh my okay. God. I know it went well for that one. Like, it did. That one went well. They got good value. Nobody else showed up at court. I ended up doing so much of the legwork to empty the place out. Yeah, it worked out great. Oh, yeah, great for them. <laughs> great for them. They're like, yeah, let's do this again. Yeah. You know, but the odds are not in their favor that it's going to go so well next time. So that's foreclosures. Okay, so I'm going to tell one sort of more specific story about this, even though I've shared some anecdotal stuff, but we'll kind of go a little more start to finish. And it's going to summarize all of these points of risk and all the rest of it. Let's do it. It's story time with Jer. Great story. Compelling and rich. It's not always my story? No, it's not always your story. What if Matt has an awesome story to tell? Well, he can tell it to me or write it down and I will (laughs) paraphrase. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. So I actually almost uh, introduced this story earlier. I was talking about my clients where the homeowner showed up at court. Okay. So we can cut through that part. So that was just a tease? (laughs) Well, I mean, now we're we're familiar with these folks. Okay. So they found this house. uh, They liked it. Uh, It's a detached house. Uh, The the owner who was being foreclosed was occupying the home. 
Uh, he's in the construction business, and he was there, and and being quite difficult, but you were you know hard, even just hard to get into the house. Mm-hmm. Like it was a whole process just to get into the house. He was making access very difficult. So we see the house, we decide we want it, uh, we make the initial offer, we trigger the court date, um, and we go there. And like I said, somebody else shows up, and they had to increase their price, and the homeowner showed up, and the homeowner is a troublemaker. So they send him off to get his deposit check. We rush it through, but here's the other thing. As they're doing the court proceeding and they're rushing to make sure the the, the owner doesn't get to, to re- recover this home, mm-hmm. is it's also disclosed to the judge. He said the homeowner has been quite destructive in the home. Ah. He, he's causing problems. Okay. Uh, one, he's being destructive. Two, he's stripping it to get money back. And I don't know if it was out of spite or if it's just because he could. Right? Like, I don't think well, he was he- actually doing it for the money. If he was frustrating everything, every part yeah. of it along the way, yeah, it sounds like that. It was just, I think it was just because he could. I don't think he's recovering that much money. But it got to the point that like, he was taking the doors off. <laughs> taking them down to the salvage? Yeah. Well, he's using the, he, the copper pipes. He was a, he was a contractor. Yeah. So he's like, I can use these doors. Right. So he's just taking them. And then he took the island off the kitchen. Like the, sorry, he took the countertop off the kitchen island. Okay. That's a nice slab of granite. People will buy this stuff. Yeah, I can use this. I'll take yeah. this. So he just started stripping it. So the judge just said, or the, the lawyer said to the judge, this person is a problem. Right. So we need to remove them. We need to get possession as soon as possible, two weeks. And we are recommending 24-hour surveillance and security on this home. To stop him from it taking turns over. out. Yeah. yeah. He was such a problem that a security guard was posted on that house wow. until they got possession. It's a horror. So now, my clients are still happy with the outcome because when we saw it, I, I, I'm remembering now as we're telling the story, some of the doors were already removed. Like it was, it was being so it was stripped. Free, free demo, <laughs> in a sense. It was weird for them because like well, we need to put it back together, yeah, right. But so they knew they, they knew the risk they were taking. They knew that this guy was stripping the home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the lender, the the lawyer for the lender, the judge, they all agreed to do the best they could to stop the bleeding. Mm-hmm. but that's how much these things can get out of hand. This guy knew the system. He's like, oh, I can stop paying my mortgage. And I, I, I can go six months without paying my mortgage before really anything bad's going to happen to me. Yeah. And then they're going to start a foreclosure proceeding. Yeah. And then they're going to go through this. And I'm still living here while they try to sell it. Yeah. And no one's going to want to buy it from me because I'm so problematic. Yeah, if yeah. I don't let anybody in to see it, you know, a year could go on. He's living there for a year without paying a mortgage, yeah. right? And then he starts stripping stuff out, you know, just to to get a few bucks out of it or to be difficult. I don't even know why. Well, he knows he's not getting his his funds out, his the equity yeah. that was there. So let's try and make it sting as much as possible yeah. for, for the bank and everyone involved. So fortunately, we knew this guy was trouble from the start. They still wanted to proceed. They still wanted to buy the house. Mm-hmm. It all made sense for them. They're still there today. This was eight years ago, right? So everything worked out. Yeah. You know, it's all good. It's all fine. Um, but it was quite intimidating at the time to think that it's so troubling that we need to post a security guard. And this is after they, they did they have their offer accepted? After the offer was accepted. Was he out at that point? Um, no, no. He, he was there until like essentially a few days. Well, when the offer was accepted, he wasn't living there, okay. but he was accessing the home. Okay. And then once we got the court date, it was, okay, well, we know that this is triggered, that it will be transferring hands. Right. It's 100% certain that we can lock him out now. Yeah. Because that'd be scary. I mean, you, you've got, 
you're you've already you're the you're buyer number one. You've removed your conditions. You've initiated that the court process. So now you're waiting for four weeks. You drive by the house because you're like, hey, this is the house we're trying to buy. <laughs> we're excited about it. We're like, wait a second. You know, you start noticing things are are not going well at the, at the home, um, and you're you're kind of backs against the wall at that point. Okay, so that's the story. I think it outlines pretty good what a lot of the risks and rewards are and all the rest of it. If you want to go through this process, if you really want to follow through with it from start to finish, that's okay. Understand what's going on. Make sure that if you're working with your agent that they can answer questions that relate to what we're talking about. Right. Right. You want to feel that they've got a sense for what the foreclosure proceeding is going to be like so they they can help you, that they're not caught off guard on the court date. Yeah. When Surprises are bad with real estate. Yeah. 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 So, so these are good questions to ask and be aware of if you really want to follow through and proceed. So final question then for you, Jer, well, why don't we do it? How about we do, how about we do question of the week, but I'm going to ask you a question. You, are you willing to take a surprise question? Sure. You take a surprise question from I mean, me? I mean, I crossed it off my paper that we weren't doing question of the week. Well, I just came up with it. But, uh, so we're going to do it. I just had to change everything here to make sure I could play the intro, but we're going to do it. All right. Check out the big brain on Brad. How's it working out for you? What? Being clever. Who knows where thoughts come from? They just appear. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, Jer. Okay, I'm all ears. Okay. Yeah. Foreclosures. Okay. Are they worth it? Uh, if it was a rare property and I like, I'm looking. Okay, follow up question. And I love it. Then, then I'm I'm going. I'm going to go through the exercise. I I will go through it. I will okay. not. I'm not. I would not write off the whole process because of everything that you've told me today about it. Okay. Uh, follow up question. Okay. Foreclosures. Are they worth it? Yes or no? Mm, not usually. Yes or no? Can I ask Jeff? Can we get Jeff? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jeff. Jeff. Yes. So my answer is no. Um, if I had to ask, answer yes or no, I would just say no. If I had to pick if one. If I had to. Yeah. If I was forced to pick one, the answer the answer is no, because the odds are against you. There you go. All right. So um, normally we do have questions. Uh, this week, we just didn't have one. If you want to reach out, and I know Jeff always messes up the email, but I'm going to try and get it right feedback at morealestateshow.com. If you want to know more about foreclosures, um, any of the stuff we talked about today, we will be happy to help you out there. Um, If you want to reach Matt and myself, you can reach us at thenewestguys.com. And if you want to reach Jeff McLennan, who's not here, you can reach him at Uh, realestatenewest.com. I think so. I don't have it written down. He says it every week. Yeah, I know. It's. I don't think it's new. <laughs> new West real. I think it's real estate. Real estate new West. Yeah. Anyway, Jeff's not here today. Jeff's not here. Promise he'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks.